Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast more lifeless than the Cardinal dugout. My name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Samorka. Hi, everyone. Hey. That's me being lifeless. Yeah. I couldn't tell a difference. (laughs) Uh, And this week, we are going to talk about those lifeless Cardinals and their current place in the standings. We're going to try to talk about what is still working well for this team. We're going to touch on the uh, recent injuries and ineffectiveness. Now we're going to talk about the upcoming series against the Mets and the upcoming series against the Nationals. If you have an idea for the opening bit, tweet us at Talk About Birds. Hambone, how you doing today? Ah, I'm doing great, Nate EH. How you doing? <laughs> I'm all right. We yeah. just had a Tommy Edmond Grand Slam. Hey, which, you know, regardless of the of the bigger picture, you love to see it, don't we, folks? It's oh, uh, yeah. it's great. Yeah, uh, Tommy's my son. It's always good to see my son do well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's great. He's America's son. <laughs> Is it? Played for Team Team Korea. <laughs> <laughs> it's also like, I love Tommy, but he might have the lowest name recognition of any <laughs> St. Louis Cardinal. <laughs> Nobody knows yeah. who he is, but oh, we know does, who he is. Yeah, who does have the lowest name rec- uh, recognition of, of of the Cardinals? Like of the, Chris, of the, Chris of the stars. Yeah, I think oh, at of least the stars. Of, like, of the stars. It might, it might be Tommy Edmond. Yeah, um, or, or Dylan. Yeah, maybe yeah. Bill Carl. Yeah, hard to argue he's a star though. But yeah, you know, of starters, I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, it's probably Tommy Edmond. Yeah. Wow. And that'll do it for this week's episode <laughs> of Talking About Birds. Hey Nate. <laughs> yeah. Did you yes, know man. the laser-eyed Uh-oh. eagle possesses eyes that emit a focused beam of light? It uses <laughs> these laser-like beams to stun prey allowing it to capture food with remarkable precision. Oh, I had no idea, Ben. That's so interesting. I'm so grateful to you for sharing that with me. Yeah. Wow. I thought, you know, I just thought I should share that with, you know, my mm-hmm. good friend who who I think would be wanting to know that. Yeah. I mean, it's I I that's interesting and it's also a unique and cool bit too. So, uh <laughs> <laughs> thank you for sharing that with me. I, I got you. <laughs> Hey, I wanted to ask you about something that I meant to ask you about last week, but I was too busy dropping my own goofy bird bits. Um, yeah. You participated in a pretty ridiculous thing uh, ah. like two two weekends ago. And, I did. you know, just if you could give a quick overview of what it is you did. And and I want to legitimately have not talked to you about this. So I'm interested yeah, to yeah. hear how it went. Yeah. I mean, the coolest way to say this is I'm a race car driver. Um, now, now but, explain it in reality. Yes, it is true, though. I did drive a race car in a race. Um, That's true. But I uh, so I am on a lemons team. Uh, Lemons racing is a type of enduro racing, um, meaning that the race is really about keeping like the driver alert and the car working. Uh, But essentially, the catch is that you uh, you're supposed to spend five hundred dollars or less on the vehicle. And that rules a little squishy. Some people kind of 
uh, futz around with it. And then you can spend, you know, as much money as you need to to make it safe and fire resistant and all that crap. Um, and then we had a it was a 12 hour race on Saturday and a I think it was eight or 10 hour race on Sunday. Um, and it went great. It uh, I live in Colorado, obviously, if, if you don't know that I live in Denver. It was maybe the rainiest weekend I've ever <laughs> had in my life since uh, moving out here. So the second lap I was out there, I spun out into the mud and Oops. had to go black flag myself and get yelled at by the uh, the race organizers. But then after that, I kind of found my own and and had an awesome weekend. It was I mean, it might be the most fun thing I've ever done. It was it was really, really fun. So when you say black flag yourself is that it sounds very like piratey are you yeah, raising yar. some sort of yeah yar yeah uh so it's like racing terminology for like if you go off track or essentially do something that is considered dangerous and or illegal to the rules of the race mm. you get black flagged which means in this context you have to get off uh the racetrack and essentially go over to a race committee person and explain to them what you did and why you won't do it again. It's kind of like a hand slapping um, that happens. So, yeah. yeah. And and Henry, in that sense, Henry Rollins comes out and yells at you. <laughs> in that sense, like it was so obvious. My car was covered in mud. Like just report yourself, get it over with so you can get back out on yeah. the track. And yeah, that's what I did. Okay. Well, cool. So you had, I think it was a four hour shift of driving. I, uh, I had, uh, I, I drove about six or seven hours over the two days. Wow. Yeah. Just doing the same circle over and over. Uh, there's left turns and there's right turns. So oh, this shit. isn't, okay. this isn't NASCAR. Yeah. This is, there's yeah. a, it's a little more interesting than that. But yeah, I mean like it's wild. You like get used to going a hundred miles an hour next to other cars vying for position. Um, after like 20 minutes or so, and then you really just get into the race and trying not to die. It's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, what kind of car did you have? A 2002 Ford ZX2, um, which it's a little beater. That's kind of the point of the race, but I'll tell you what, it doesn't really matter. It scares the crap out of you when you're going like 70 miles an hour around a turn. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred miles, a hundred miles per hour is a hundred miles per hour. It doesn't matter if it's in a nice car. Actually, it's probably scarier. (laughs) Yeah. My, uh, yeah. it's not exactly the same, obviously, but I had a 1982 Pontiac Grand Prix for several years. You probably remember it had a skull painted on the hood. I do remember that. Yeah. Her name was Arlene. And if you got over 60, the entire car vibrated in a yeah. way that made it feel like, uh, I should not sustain. I, I avoided highways. With <laughs> See, I, yeah. I would argue going 60 in that car is way more intense than going like a hundred in like a Porsche or something like that. Yeah. So you're brave. So there, uh, thank you. Uh, you're so yeah. Uh, so there's no regular, they don't really keep track of how much you spend on it. It's like a, it's like an honor thing, I assume. But what if someone walks in and is like, yeah, my grandpa sold me his Ferrari for $500. <laughs> I'm going to so, smoke these fools in their ZX2s. <laughs> yeah. So to, so to, uh, and I'll try to make this as tight as possible, but essentially the day before the race, everyone gets on the line. It's all you, you have a theme to your car uh, and, and like you show up with bribes 
for the judges. You show your car to the judges and they assign you a certain amount of penalty laps. So if you sign up, if you show up with a Ferrari, you're going to get like 500 penalty laps or something, you know, something insane. Ah, okay. Uh, But the way that it works is you can also, which we did, bring the judges bottles of fine whiskey and get some (laughs) penalty laps removed. There's, it's this, the culture around it's very, very silly and jokey. And um, yeah, like, so we bribed the judges and then they took out a can of spray paint and tagged our car with uh, pay to play uh, this big (laughs) stencil. So, you know, the whole thing is, it's very silly. I love that. Awesome. Well, um, I guess good job. You survived, which is, Hey, we got fifth place out of 72 cars. So oh, shit. Okay. Damn. Yeah. So you like that's, that's competing. Nice. We, uh, our, the joke was because the, my whole team, we don't have children. Um, and it was mm-hmm. really rainy. So we were joking that, uh, just like our self-preservation was, uh, lower than the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. So that was our biggest advantage in, in the race there. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, you've never had much to live for, so I assume <laughs> uh, an event like this is yeah. really where you shine. <laughs> I, I was more rain, less traction, more speed. Let's go. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Let me I hit win, a wall. Win by getting first or by being the last man, man standing. If you ain't first, you're last. Somebody said that once. Yeah. Classic quote. Wow. Hot ref. All right, let's talk about baseball. <laughs> um Yeah, so the Cardinals are currently playing the Giants, and while they are leading, uh, it will be a uh, sad state of affairs even pulling that one win. They (laughs) lost the series against the Reds and uh, have already lost the series against the the Giants, are attempting to to avoid the sweep. Now, the Giants have been playing better as of late, but still this is yet another series where a competitive good team would have expected to shine or at least had a better showing than what we just saw. Um, the Cardinal record currently sits at 27 and 41. Uh, not great, Ben, but um, the standings yeah. are still eight and a half back. It's June 14th as we record. So we're yeah. we're rapidly approaching the midway point of the season. Uh, teams have come back from far worse with far less, but uh, how are you feeling right now? Yeah, I think I am still feeling optimistic about the place in the division. I am not feeling optimistic about, and I think we've talked about this with Cardinals front office for a couple of years at this point, their ability to look at themselves and self-evaluate and then based on that evaluation, determine where they see themselves in the league slash slash uh, division. I don't think the Cardinals are great at that. Um, the pitching staff is really the problem. Um, yeah. But the Cardinals are where they were. We talked about eight and a half games back a few weeks ago. It is not the end of the world. The teams that are in front of them, other than Milwaukee, are all teams that I believe will finish with an under 500 record. So it really, even though they're 27 and 41, which is bad, mm-hmm. that doesn't change. You're, no one out of the central is going to make the wild card, right? This is only a race yeah. to win the division. Everything else is irrelevant. And very yep. likely that the winner of the central is going to get their asses handed to them in whatever series <laughs> is upcoming yeah. because of the competition outside of the central is just so much better 
um, even with teams underperforming left and right, uh, you know, Mets, Phillies, uh, Padres, um, even the Dodgers are underperforming a little bit. Um, you know, there it, it's. I don't know. I mean, in that sense, like I know we've said multiple times that the playoffs are a random championship generator. It feels a little less true this year, at least for the folks in the central. All that to be said, I'm I'm still feeling optimistic. There's still a chance. There's enough time left for the Cardinals to make up. They are 14 games away from being 500. Um, and a hot like we've all watched baseball for years and years, a hot month can turn that 14 into a, a four or completely wipe it away. And I think that's really what Cardinals, the Cardinals and Cardinals fans should be focused on right now, just getting to 500. Uh, and I really think the division by the time, or I, here's what I mean to say, Nathan, mm. by the time the Cardinals are getting to 500, if they will, I think the division will start to normalize even more. And by normalize, I mean that Pittsburgh will start to fall um, Cincinnati will fall even further, even though you've got to really like the upgrades they've made to their team from their yeah. farm. Um, and Milwaukee, I, I still think it's a big question for Milwaukee. Are they going to add at uh mid season? Are they going to subtract? They're kind of in a weird spot. Yeah, I, so I generally agree with you. I mean, like we said before, eight and a half in June has been, uh, we, we've been in worse spots and come out better. You don't have to go that far into Cardinal history to uh, to find a turnaround that's even more dramatic than what it would be needed for this team to to reach that uh, to reach the playoffs. Uh, yeah. Now, to call it a good team, uh, you know, I feel like that ship has sailed. But your point being like just making the playoffs, you know, there's still a chance uh, uh, there it's getting a little and it's getting we're getting later into the season though uh jobo and the bird scored dropped an interesting stat that i wanted to get your take on uh so the brewers first place in the division are currently projected by fan graphs to win 82 games so there is a legitimate possibility that the winner of the nl central is even below 500 so we yeah. don't even necessarily have to shoot for over <laughs> 500 although that is a meaningful mark uh that you know would be nice to get to, but in order for the Cardinals to get to 82 wins in 2023 for the rest of the season, they need to play at a 95 win pace. Yeah, which is a huge turnaround. That is right. a massive change to the play. If it was something like they just need to play like a 84 or 85 win team for the rest of the season, I think we'd all say, "Hey, that's super doable." Um, I'm currently having a hard time seeing the pieces come together enough for this team to flip the switch and become a mid 90s level talent team um but maybe i mean that yeah. obviously like of all the teams in the nl central if you're gonna pick any one of them with a talent base it's still probably the cardinals with the core of arenado goldschmidt gorman Contreras. I mean, I'm just listing Cardinal players at this point. This is a Cardinal podcast, but you know, you can see that you can see the path more yeah. so than like the pirates or the, or I mean the reds man, Ellie, he looks like a star al already, which is, yeah. but of course he looked like a star against the Cardinals, which yes. we're currently making everyone look like a star. So we'll see how, uh, we'll see how that adjusts when he faces off against better pitching. 
Yeah. But anyway, it, I, I, I feel you and I am a, a eternal optimist and I will continue to watch the Cardinals as an optimist and look for, and that's how we are going to run this show. We're going to talk about it here in a minute. What is still working? What is looking good? But it is rapidly approaching the point where I think the right move would be selling this year. Now, whether the Cardinals are going to do that or not, you know, I, I'm very skeptical, but uh, it it feels like that's what is yeah. the right move for the team. I I don't know. So I, I think, we, well, a couple of things I want to say. It, it seems likely to me that the insane one-run game variability that the Cardinals have been on the wrong side of for the majority yeah. of the season so far is more likely to stop and change than it is to stay as it is because they are like the team in recent memory. I can even think that had a history like this was the Rangers last year where they just were, could not lose or sorry, could not win one run games. And the Cardinals are kind of in that same spot right now. And Mm -hmm. we've talked a couple of episodes now about the variability of those. And I think when you phrase that the Cardinals need to be on a 95 win pace, I think that sounds impossible, right? Um, I think a different way to phrase it is a couple of hot streaks. Um, and yeah. what I mean by that, and this is not, I'm not saying this is an easy task by any means, but winning 17, 18, 19, 20 games in a month, something like right. that. However, you know, whatever the streak needs to be. Um, but if they do something like that, get themselves back into actually being a contention or a team that's in contention and then fighting it out with the division rivals, that makes it, or I think while I'm saying the same thing just in a different way, I think it makes it sound a little less insurmountable. And baseball teams do this all the time. When the Atlanta Braves right. won the World Series, they weren't 500 until like August. Um, now, I would argue the, those Atlanta Braves are better than the Cardinals. And there's, you know, we could argue about all that stuff all day. But when you say it one way versus you say it the other way, I think it sounds more or less likely. Um, yeah. And I'm also like, I want to be clear. I'm not sitting here being like that 17 game winning streak is right around the corner. I don't think that, but it's more right. just like hot months can happen. Even for bad teams. Look at the A's right now. The A's are the hottest team in baseball and they are the worst team in baseball. So yeah. crazier things have happened in shorter amounts of time is, is really all I mean by that. Yeah. And again, there's those seven games against the Brewers right at the end of the season. So yeah, could be huge. Um, I was just thinking like, I have no data to back this up, but I wonder if the balanced schedule is impacting like you listed a bunch of teams that are struggling and it's almost all NL teams that you listed. That might be mostly because we have a lens on the NL more than we do on the AL. But uh, I know the AL central is struggling mightily and and in many ways is worse than the uh, NL central somehow. Uh, But I wonder if everybody having to play the AL East and the AL West uh, more regularly is is it is having an impact on on the the league parity i don't know yeah i mean um, i also think i don't think these two teams make it so but the rays and the rangers i think the mm-hmm. one and two best teams in baseball are both in the al and they're just beating the crap out of everybody right now um yeah. and i you know just that is is making that look a lot worse than maybe right. it would in a in a different year. I mean the Rays are almost at 50 wins already. They they've just been dominating anyone. Yeah. Uh quick note before we move on the Cardinals Pythagorean record right now is 33 and 35, which is 
um, I think a better representation of the actual play like this is yeah as the play on the field has happened I don't think this is an above 500 team right now no one would argue otherwise I think um, but your point about one run games the Cardinals have been deeply unlucky yeah. uh, so the you would have expected if you ran the play you know a million times through a generator we'd be much closer to 500. And yeah, I mean, that's just the way baseball go, though. You know, there there is a, a luck factor. It's one of the fun parts about baseball that we like. It's what led to the 17 game win streak. It's like a lot of the Cardinals bigger success over the last two decades can kind of be ascribed to some of the randomness <laughs> and luck of baseball. For uh, sure. But it is part of it. So it, you can't ignore it. But um, you also can't really use that as an excuse too much. So we'll see. But let's talk a little bit about uh, what is still. You got something you want to say? I just wanted to let you know that the flame tongue Falcon is known for its (laughs) unique ability to breathe out small bursts of fire, which it uses to start controlled fires and grasslands to flush out prey. Is that a Pokemon? That sounds like a Pokemon. (laughs) What kind of bird was this? The flame tongue Falcon. It shoots fire. (laughs) This isn't real. This is a fake bird. Is this fake? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> okay. I like barely listened to the first fact because I was laughing, but that one I listened to. Uh, all right. And I'm going to crack your little code. Let's talk about <laughs> Nolan Arenado. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Are you doing fake bird facts? Because if hey, so, let's, that's, that's good. All right. Let's focus. <laughs> Uh, Nolan Arenado has been really good over the last two weeks. It has um, been good. And yeah. man, holy shit, you talk about this team coming to life. And it, the only way that's going to happen is if their best player, uh, Nolan Arenado, gets his stuff together. Over the past two weeks, Nolan has a 1280 OPS and isn't striking yeah. out anymore, which is great. Prior to this run over the past two weeks, he had been striking out at career high levels over 18%. Um, he got close to that in his, when he was 27 years old in Colorado. Um, but he was over that rate and is now striking out over this past two weeks of striking out as much as he's walking. Um, so I think that's a huge, huge, uh, sign that Nolan is actually figuring it out, uh, in today's game that we're watching half watching while we're recording this podcast. He's had a couple of really, really hard hit balls, um, but I, again, I think the strikeouts, we talked to uh, Nate did that great breakdown of Nolan earlier in the year, swinging less. And when he is swinging, it being more of a positive result, like obviously that's just going to make the player better, but should be noted. Nolan's turning it around. He's starting to yeah. get hot. That's I cannot underestimate how big that is for the Cardinals. I, I mean, it is the path to success for the Cardinals. I don't think the Cardinals can can do what they need to do in order to just improve the season, feel better about the year, whether it ends up being a playoff run or not, like just to feel good about it. It, it, it has to come like a key element of that is Nolan Arenado being the player he's been for the last decade or even 80 or 90% of the player he's been of the last decade. Like he is getting older. You know, most players don't have the mid thirties resurgence that, uh, we're seeing Paul Goldschmidt have like some decline is to be expected from Arenado. And it's not even shouldn't be a huge deal if, oh, no, he declines from a seven war player down to a five and a half or, or whatever, like that normal decline. Yeah. But what we've been seeing this like tremendous drop in production, very surprising. Well, 
Yeah, and you you as somebody gets older, you expect the hot streaks to get a little shorter, the cold streaks right. to get a little longer, and you know to kind of just and then you look up in a couple of years and, and the player's just a is a, a lesser player than they were. But yeah, like start researching conservative ideals. Uh, <laughs> yeah, look, eating dinner a little bit earlier. You oh, know, okay, I thought you were doing an Aubrey Huff joke, but you're just doing <laughs> an old person <laughs> joke. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's better than this. <laughs> you know who sucks? Aubrey Huff. Aubrey Huff sucks. That guy sucks. Yeah. I think we can stand firm on our stance that Aubrey Huff sucks. I feel confident in saying that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Kurt Schilling has blocked me on Twitter. That's actually <laughs> makes me like you more. It's one of my proudest achievements. And what's funny is I don't know. Like I'd never have interacted with him, so somehow he oh. like found, like saw me through something and then blocked yeah. me. <laughs> your your woke mind virus, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. yeah, it rages. Um, but yeah, it's it's hilarious. Like yeah. for a moment, Kurt Schilling was really mad at me, and uh, <laughs> I feel good about that. I really uh, do. Well. You're both not in the Hall of Fame. I, I don't know what else to say. You <laughs> we both have that in common. Yes, yep. you do. Uh, I, by from the Hall of Fame perspective, I am considered an equally successful baseball player. As that's what is. I'm. That's what I was aiming mm-hmm. at. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Arenado crushing it again. That's huge. We're gonna need that. Uh, hopefully, he can c- keep it consistent. Uh, we talked about Brendan Donovan a couple of weeks ago too, highlighting that his. Statcast page was looking a lot better yeah. than his results, and now we're starting to see some of those results catch up, and it it's been a big improvement. Yeah, over the last two weeks, the same time period that Nolan's been getting hot, uh, so has Donnie. Uh, he's got a, almost four hundred on base percentage over that time, and it was also interesting, you know, having uh, looking back on May, he had a two thirty four BABIP. Um, for the entire yeah. month of May. And I think like Bab- Babip is so funny to talk about because like, I think on an individual basis, it's a lot easier with somebody like Brendan Donovan. We know he's slapping the ball around, which would make you think that he would have a higher Babip. And when somebody like him, who is not necessarily hitting the ball, he's hitting the ball over the wall a lot more than he used to. Um, but who isn't necessarily like a power guy running a two thirty four Babip is just, it just ain't going to work that well. So right. him kind of getting back on track, getting having balls hit the ground and getting on base at a higher rate, I think has been a huge, uh, huge win. Also worth noting, um, Brendan Donovan won a gold glove last year, and I was kind of skeptical about that. Um, and we've said this umpteen million times, Denver or uh, Denver uh, defensive metrics are <laughs> squishy, but he's a, got positive defensive war right now. Um, so. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Donnie's like kind of coming into his own a little bit more. Maybe he's someone we can dream on. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I don't. Know. I, I'm I'm digging into what he's putting down. Well, also, and, let's go Nuggets. Uh, oh yeah, I was gonna I I was gonna uh, you know congratulate you. The Champs, weather baby. is the weather is quite fair there in Denver, huh? Uh, congratulations <laughs> to the uh, to the Denver to you a lifelong Denver Nuggets fan. Oh, it's kind of fun to be on a bandwagon having been a hardcore Cardinals <laughs> fan my entire life. You know, it's, it's fun to just hop on. 
Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Uh, I wish St. Louis had a basketball team. I think I'd really get into it. Basketball, you know, as a kid in the 90s, it was kind of impossible not to, like, love basketball. Yeah. And I've really had no entry into it over the last, like, 20 years. You know, I, I would say that basketball probably has the orangest ball of all the sports. <laughs> Dude, you could not have said it better than me. I was thinking <laughs> the exact same thing. Orange is ball. Orange is my favorite color. You get so, it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I'm sick of all these white balls <laughs> and <laughs> the hell and I, the brown one. You know, it's not even a, it's not even really a ball. It's like a weird egg shape. Hand yeah. egg. Yeah. Yeah. I wow. didn't think about it like that. Yeah. Okay. This is good content. <laughs> Congratulations, Denver Nuggets, I guess. Nuggies. Uh, uh, yeah. Anything else you want to say about Brendan Donovan other than he's just been good? Career Babip of 313. Yeah. So uh, 234, well below. Yeah. Boom. Boom. Uh, yeah. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the bullpen has been rough, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, but the starting pitching, while it's still not the best, the last few weeks, it has been getting better. And, uh, we had a a couple good starts from Jordan Montgomery, which is nice. I, I know pitcher wins don't mean shit, but I thought it was pretty interesting that he got his first win since like April 8th. Or something I like can't that. Feel good. Yeah. No. No. E- even I mean, if it is a stat that's whatever, you would rather have more wins than less lin- wins. Yeah. In a small sample size, wins are as irrelevant as they, as a stat can be. In a larger sample size, you know, generally speaking, the pitchers that are better and last longer into games will accrue more wins than the pitchers who are less good. Uh, so if you, I'm sure as a pitcher, you know, you can wave away individual starts and you can, you can, you know, justify whatever, but it has to feel bad going months into the season without accruing any, any of that stat, which does still matter for some people in context of contracts and, and, and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about too, like how important Jordan Montgomery is. Jordan Montgomery has to be the ace or a strong number two for the Cardinals for the, for any of this good stuff to happen. So for him to, he kind of was rocky there for a couple of starts for him to turn it around back to filling up the strike zone. He can actually get strikeouts. I think he's averaging like nine per nine over the past couple of weeks. It's everything that we, we kind of need him is he might be the most important individual player on the Cardinals right now. Um, it's a big statement because we just spoke about how important Arenado is, but from the pitching side, um, it's hard to argue against that. Yeah. Like, like if we lost any player for the rest of the season, I think Montgomery would be the worst player to lose is I, is what uh, I mean to say. It's Andrew Kisner erasure. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's probably it. Yeah. He's, All right. he's been great. So there, despite the record of the last week, there are some things going well. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about in this segment before we, we move into talking about some things that have not been going so well? Nate, did you know the Moonbeam Owl has developed a unique relationship with the moon? During the <laughs> full it. moon, it emits a soft, ethereal glow from its feathers, allowing it to hunt more effectively under the moonlit sky. Who wrote these? Did you chat GPT some fake bird facts? 
Let's go on to the ad break. <laughs> All right. I'm upset that I didn't listen to the first stat, uh, one enough to clock your, your bit. This is good. All right. Um, well, we're going to talk about uh, some more interesting birds and some other uh, and, and some things around where the Cardinals are still struggling. But before we do, we want to remind everybody that this show is listener supported on Patreon. Uh, we spend a lot of time, effort, as you can tell. I mean, listen to these bird facts from Ben. <laughs> this stuff doesn't just come together. This takes work. OK, and if you really enjoy the show and want to support us and our efforts on this stupid podcast, uh, consider joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash talking about birds. That's patreon.com slash talking about birds. Subscribers at any level get access to our private Discord server. It's called the Bird Scored. We're having a great time in there. It is still, despite everything, a generally positive atmosphere, although there's been a lot of um, eat the rich con- uh, <laughs> discussions going <laughs> yeah. on in there recently, which I you know appreciate. Um, yeah. That's the type of collective we're forming. So uh, if you want to go to a space outside of Twitter or whatever your favorite social media platform is and connect with other fans of the Cardinals and listeners to the show, consider joining the Patreon. It's a great time. Uh, we're going to be including some uh, spoilers. We've got some content coming straight from the bird scored later in this episode. So uh, patreon.com slash talking about birds. If you can't uh, subscribe, at least consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps. Uh, ben, where can people find us and support us online otherwise? Yeah, on Twitter, you can follow us at Talk About Birds. Instagram is Talking About Birds. Uh, we got a TikTok. Check us out on TikTok. Uh, if you want to see our faces, flap around. Um, uh, yeah, maybe don't check us out on TikTok. Uh, <laughs> you can email us at talkaboutbirds at gmail.com. If you prefer to listen to your podcast on Spotify, guess what? We're there. You can find all of that information, new shows, all that crap, at talkingaboutbirds.com. Again, talkingaboutbirds.com. Wow. All right. So now uh, there's been some injury movement lately. Some of it good, some of it bad. Um, First of all, the Cardinals have optioned poor Juan Yepes back to Memphis, and we've activated... Dylan Carlson, now right fielder Dylan Carlson uh, from the IL, which, you know, we're both big believers of of Yepes um, in a in a tough spot for him right now. Uh, but it's good that Dylan Carlson is back. Uh, yeah, we've really talked about Edmund at center that much. But uh, how do you feel about Dylan Carlson returning? I, I he's he's that's good. He, he's been swinging the bat fine. Um, he needs to be the center fielder. I, uh, I don't understand why we have found ourselves where we are. I think he plays a fine center field, um, but Dylan's got the, um, reps. He's got one of the better arms in baseball, which plays well in the outfield. Tommy does not. Um, so I have a theory. I think so. Tommy's been doing well. Let's not discount him. Yes. He's been doing well in center. So they have been talking a lot about consistency. My, I have one one thought is that he's been playing well. He's he's doing he's he's rolling. Let's not change it up immediately for him after he just started playing center. 
And then I'm just kind of assuming Dylan Carlson is back, but maybe isn't like at full speed. And they're starting him in a position that just is a little less taxing on him and letting him get some reps back at the big leagues before shifting him back over to center. That's my guess. It's the only thing that really makes sense to me um, because I think despite Edmund doing well, I do agree with you that like long term, Dylan Carlson makes way more sense as a center center fielder, if not for just the potential trade value, you know? So, yeah, I just think that like the Cardinals and utility is great. It's great to be able to play all over the field, but your infielders should probably stick to the infield and your outfielders should probably stick to the outfield. Um, Yeah, I I know. I know that's a, a radical statement. Um, not everyone can be Skip Schumacher, Nathan. Um, right. So, yeah, it's just silly to me. I also think like there's just a lack of consistency with how this team is rolling out, and, and I think that would help. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. complain about Ali Marmal right now, but it's yeah. it's just another confusing problem in a line of confusing problems, and I'm sure the conversations in the dugout. And the front office and everything like that are, are much more in depth than we'll allow for time here. But still, maybe not in the dugout, though. It sure, certainly seems like they don't communicate effectively with their own players. But uh, yeah, that's true. Anyway, so uh, we've also I think the biggest bummer news of the last week is Ryan Helsley has been placed on the IL. Oh, with huge a, bummer, bro. Uh, it's a huge bummer. Dude, uh, gut punch. I feel like what I said was totally normal and the way you're reacting <laughs> is uh, uncalled for. <laughs> Dude, total gut punch though, bro. I feel you it. You do the segment. <laughs> uh, the Cardinals placed right-handed pitcher Ryan Helsley on the 15-day IL retroactive to June 10 with a right forearm strain. In a corresponding move, the Cardinals were called Jake Woodford from the Memphis wow. Redbirds. That uh, was professional. June 10th, not June 10. Wasn't placed on June 10. It was June 10th. See, I can criticize you, Dude, too. bro. Stupid. <laughs> you roasted me, bro. Um, <laughs> so, obviously, like, is there a is there a bigger swing in value and quality of pitcher that the Cardinals could do <laughs> right now than Ryan Helsley for Jake Woodford? Yeah, quite the profile switch. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the bullpen has been shaky of late and losing. Uh, I know Helsley has had a... a a shaky season at times, but no matter what you call, you have to call him the most talented arm in the bullpen. Right. And so like, even if he's been inconsistent, it's still a big problem. Now, right forearm strain starts. You start panicking. You start telling yourself like an eight, like a seven or eight on that one. That's scary stuff. Yeah. They are currently saying they are not worried long term but <sighs> we've been down this road before with the cardinals but you never want to hear a forearm strain especially from a flamethrower like this uh but at least right now and all we can do is take them for their word i don't know why they would like lie about it they might just be wrong but they're saying it's it's not expected to be a major issue so we'll just hope that that is the case um because that is Pretty bad if he's uh, a forearm strain. You know, you start thinking Tommy John, obviously, and yeah. all sorts of other like extended absences. Fortunately, like even though it's been shaky, 
you have Geo to just slot right in, and I know he's struggled recently, but we, they are fortunate to have like you know we basically had a closer committee for this whole season, yeah. um, and so at least the ninth inning is probably still relatively the same degree of consistency that we had before. Uh, but this is just one you're cutting off the end of it. So everything slides up. So now we're going to see way more of the, uh, the less effective side of the bullpen. And with the Cardinals pitching Cardinals starting pitching can assume we're going to continue to see a lot of the bullpen. So not great, Ben. No, no, I'm, I, I, it's really disappointing. Um, it's a little bit scary. It, this is something that makes it really hard to turn the season around, kind of like you're saying. And then Jake, you know, followed by Jake Woodford's 50, 60 inning performance uh, on Tuesday night. Um, that was him just like, all, all I, you go. You, only you could call it his salad. He's throwing up salad. <laughs> the Giants are at the salad bar. They're loading their bowls. And, uh, and Woody's just handing it right to him. I mean, it looked so so bad um especially in comparison with when the uh the kid who was making his major league debut um out pitching him in a in a short stint as well um i don't know it like honestly the tuesday night when i was watching jake woodford pitch and toss up all that salad um my thought was jake woodford will probably be a good pitcher for the pirates at some point like (laughs) yeah is he a victim of being not so great. Is he a victim of the Cardinals poor uh, player dev group? Um, is this part of the, they can't develop pitchers story? Um, I just yeah. don't get it. Cause I mean, there were times early this season in spring training where we thought he might be a little more than well, he was, what he's turned he, out to he be. was the fifth. He was, he won the fifth starting job out of the, well, it feels then, like a decade ago, you know, he, <laughs> he was the he was the fifth starter after a crazy spring and like two years of being this like guy that never got his shot. You know, yeah. now it's like, oh, shit, he's like maybe a long man. But what we saw on Tuesday is like maybe not a long man in a blowout. Yeah, that's yeah, not a great job to have. But that's generally not where you dream to be when you're no. uh, when you're dreaming to the bigs. Um when you're you dreaming to, a, to the bigs, dreaming to the bigs. Have you been to a salad bar recently? No. Yeah, me neither. I love a good salad bar, but uh, now I I did make myself a nice uh, kale and raisin and sunflower seed salad last night that I had with a little flank steak, and it was uh, tremendous. Wow. What kind of dressing are you slapping on that bad boy? Uh, it was a uh, creamy poppy seed uh, dressing. Mm. Yeah, a little bit of sweetness. You know, it's getting warm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So the bullpen, uh, Verhagen, Cabby, as we're all calling him now, I guess. We and, love it. And Geo have all struggled. Um, I don't know what the path out of this is. I mean, you, you look at the trade deadline and you say, okay, here's the shopping list, as always, for the Cardinals. They need another starting pitcher and they need another reliever. Let's just redo that. Um, but I'm not sure the Cardinals will be in the place to consider spending trade capital for something like that. Uh, I, I like regardless of their place in the division, uh, I don't think you're really trading high end prospects at this point for impact players, unless that impact player is a multi-year piece of the puzzle. 
So I think it's just churn and burn. Get them in there, see how it goes, and yeah. hope. I mean, bullpens are like even the best bullpens are shaky at times. It is a, a com- truly like variance driven posi- position. Uh, single inning, like anything can happen. Um, I, I would really like to see Guillermo Zuniga come back up. Um, yeah. I, I mean, at least he's got the stuff to get anyone out. And he's, uh, I mean, he's the opposite of Jake Woodford. I, I'd, I'd yeah. be curious. Uh, well, that's what I mean by churn and burn. Like, I think yeah. they need to be like, we got to be a lot more aggressive. Not that they've been particularly unaggressive with bullpen changes because we've seen a fair amount of them. Yeah. Um, but like, I think it's like, yeah, Zuniga, anyone, look, get him up and see how it goes. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I don't know if you saw the news. Packy Naughton might need surgery. Like his whole rehab has collapsed, and so he might be out for a while. Oh, uh, sick! Great. Yeah, yeah. Becky Norton. bummer, bummer, bro. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I think you look and you say we've got the talent, and similar to the offense, like what meaningful change can we make? We can't yeah. really upgrade any of these guys without. And in com- a complete overhaul of the team or trading like a Mason win or, or a Jordan Walker or something like that. And it just doesn't seem like the right thing to do. Even yeah. if you go in a, like, even if you go and acquire, well, now I'm being super pessimistic, pessimistic, but even if you go and acquire like a Giolito and, uh, you know, a high end reliever, like now you're playing to 84, 85 wins. You know, uh, and you still have to play against the Braves or the <laughs> or, uh, you know, any of the other powerhouse teams. It, it, I, I think we should we should make a whole segment to talk about this at some point. But I mean, I think there's a, a real chance that the Cardinals are buying and selling at the same time this year. Yeah, uh, I don't want to see that necessarily. But if you are feeling like. I I, w- I wouldn't say it's the craziest thing in the world to do. If you're selling on a, a Jack Flaherty, if you're selling on a Jordan Montgomery and you're bringing back real pieces for the next year, and then maybe also augmenting the bullpen positively at the same time. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm not saying that exact scenario is the right move, but it would not be shock me if they do a little push and pull at the same time. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, when I, when I say I'm calling for the Cardinals to sell to, I really think of it like, People use different language to make themselves feel better about it. What I'm thinking of is like, I've heard it called a retooling, a yeah. resetting, you know, whatever yeah. it is to compete for 2024. Like I, I, I've seen some people calling for like total breakdowns, trading Goldschmidt and, and stuff <laughs> like that. And yeah. I am not a supporter of that. No. I think uh, this is a particularly uh, tough year, but like they, whatever trades they do in this year should be geared towards like 2024 and maybe to some degree, 2023. So, yeah, I also think uh, trading, trading a player like Goldschmidt or Arenado mid season to a team that's performing well is like, you're going to get 60 cents on the dollar for that trade because like, what, what are they going to, are the Braves going to run Matt Olson and Paul Goldschmidt? Um, you, you know, are, are the Rangers yeah. going to run Nate Lowe and Paul Goldschmidt? Like it, Doing a move like that in the middle of the season really doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, yeah. So it's not going to happen. I'm, I'm saying it now. Yeah. Well, here's something fun. Uh, the Giants and the Cardinals will play in the Field of Dreams game next season. Yeah. At uh, Rickwood Field in Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah, I think uh, 
kind of cool. I don't know. Like, I think I'm more excited about the game in the UK, uh, smelly old England, than I am about a field, <laughs> a game in a field. Uh, it is cool that like Willie Mays played there. It's a historic field. It was a big part of the Negro Leagues. Like, we'll get some good history there. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess it's cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, these things that celebrate the heritage of the game. Uh, I actually think this is more interesting and compelling than the actual Field of Dreams. Like <laughs> it is just game. a movie, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> so, like celebrating, uh, like I think the league has made a lot of steps forward in honoring the Negro Leagues over the past few years, acknowledging think, them, yeah, yeah, uh, and I think that's cool, um, and it's fun for the Cardinals to be a part of it. Um, no doubt, no doubt. Smelly old England. That's what people call it. <laughs> Shout out to our uh, to our British listeners. <laughs> we can hey, smell you. you from here. All right. <laughs> hey, Nate, did right, you we know got a the couple... melodious whistler is renowned for its ability to mimic not only other bird songs, but also human music? Researchers have recorded instances of this bird flawlessly imitating popular tunes from Beethoven to Beyonce. <laughs> Ah, give me one of those birds. That'd be tight. <laughs> Teach it some Metallica. Yeah, there you go. They could do it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's called the melodious. What what what, you, what is it? Melodious, melodious whistler. Melodious whistler. Yeah, this is good. <laughs> I'm proud of you. This is good. All right. Thank you. <laughs> uh, we've got the Cardinals are going to New York to play the Mets. Hey, Nate, right. how about this? New dork shitty, more like it. <laughs> Suck it. Got you know, I, I I was thinking the other day, um something that kind of cracks me up is that we'll you know it's it's fun to dunk on the Mets, you know, it's like easy and it's fun, ponds. They're metsing. Yeah. Um, and now now that they have like the highest payroll in baseball too, it's like ha ha ha, you spent you know, $300 million or whatever. And your team still sucks. Um, but I'm getting like increasingly like calling them shitty for spending all of that money. All we're saying is like, ha ha ha. Our team, our billionaire got to keep more of their money and put on a, uh, a bad team, you know? So, uh, what are you really rooting for by saying, yeah, what are we really rooting for when we insult the Mets in their, uh, in their high budget? Because we all want the Cardinals to have that high budget too. But well, uh, it is funny. I mean, they you know they they go out and build this Uber team, and and they're struggling as usual. I, I mean, honestly, if anything, this and I don't think it will, but this should make Cardinals fans feel better about our current plight. Like this team right. went out, they plugged all the holes. They got two Hall of Famers uh, uh, in their rotation. They re-signed some of their homegrown guys. They brought in new guys. They brought in role players. And the variability of baseball is that it's really difficult to be good every year or yeah. even even an individual year. Like the Mets have a good team. The Mets are getting real contributions from top flight rookies like Francisco Alvarez and Brett Beatty and um, who am I forgetting? Uh, Mark Vientos has been okay, I guess. But uh, like they did everything and this is just what happens. I think that the Mets are probably going to have a real serious run here in the second half. I still think yeah. that they're really good. Um, Pete Alonso is hurt right now, which is really good timing for the Cardinals since he is a big, scary guy. Um, and I don't I believe want... it's big 
big strong guy. Big strong he's a big guy. Big strong guy. Yeah. And I don't want to have to watch Stubby Clap smack him around the field again because <laughs> uh, that's just embarrassing. I um, would love for Stubby Clap to suplex him again. <laughs> but uh, you know, Kodai Senga, he's had a kind of a iffy start to the season and has really started to put it together, striking out everybody, also walking quite a few people. Um, Justin Verlander, I still believe we'll figure it out. Um, and Scherzer hasn't quite been Scherzer, but I, I don't know. I'm like not comfortable betting against all those names I just said. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're like the Cardinals in that way. It's like where the lineup is stacked enough that at any point they could put up 10, 11, 12 runs and you're just like, well, good game. Uh, Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And you know, the like last year they didn't have a great playoff run, but they still won a hundred games. They just got outshined by the Braves' absolute insane run right. and everything that you know happened last year. But uh, like they still had a good year, so they're gonna. It's gonna be a tough get t- or tough series, and it's in New Dork Shitty. Got him. So, got him. Uh, but after that, uh, we have. I would like to say an easier opponent. Um, I'm not in the prediction game anymore <laughs> about how this series is going to go, but the Cardinals are going to DC. Uh, they're going to play against the Washington nationals. Anytime you go to DC and you know, you're playing Lane Thomas's team, you, you, you're not feeling great or confident about that matchup because, um, yeah, you know, laying the train, um, is right. that dominant having a great year? Actually, I, I I'm jesting a little bit, but he is, he's having a really nice solid year for him. He's got a 123 OPS plus, um, outside. I've of him, always liked Lane Thomas. It was the trade made sense yeah. for the Cardinals, but I've, I thought he, he's a good player. Yeah. Um, outside of that, they're, they're really not hitting that much. They're super duper young. Um, you know, Kiebert Ruiz, CJ Abrams is, Still looks like he's going to have the the bat hit out of his hands. Um, Stone Garrett mm-hmm. does not look like that. That man is built like a house, um, but he yeah. just hasn't been hitting. Uh, and their pitching has been a little bit better than I think that you would expect. Josiah Gray is breaking out a little bit. Mackenzie Gore having his first full season in the big leagues and his, I mean, his fastball from the left side. It just he he will be good at some point. He's striking people out a lot. Yeah, like he's he's. Having a hard time uh, keeping the whip down, but he's still striking out a ton of people. Yeah. So, I mean, this team is not, I mean, this team has a better record than the Cardinals. Um, So, you know, they're they're not going to be somebody, the Cardinals aren't going to, I don't feel like the Cardinals are going to walk over anybody right now, I guess, to to really say that. But they should, um, they they should beat this team. They're really not that good. They can be pitched to, um, even with a subpar pitching staff. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I expect the Cardinals to do, do moderately well. <laughs> <laughs> well, we sure hope so. All right. So let's uh, let's check in with some news from around the league. What do you got for us, Ben? Yeah, as you may have seen in uh, Tuesday night's Cardinals game, Mitch Hanniger has been diagnosed with a forearm fracture after getting hit um, by a runaway sinker. Ouch, kabouch. Sorry, Mitch. Oops. Um, yeah. Jordan Alvarez is also out. We got a lot of hitters out right now. Jordan Alvarez mm-hmm. is out for at least four weeks with an oblique strain, which uh, for anyone who likes to watch big fat dongs, that's too bad. Um, as I just mentioned, Pete Alonzo is going to miss three or four weeks with a bone bruise 
in a sprain of the left wrist. Uh, Dude. So good timing for the Cardinals, but bad timing for, you know, baseball and big long dons. It's like 80 home runs combined between Jordan and Pete Alonzo. Yeah. And uh, Aaron Judge is out right now, too, after yeah. slamming into the wall in L.A. That's like 150 something home runs that are are out of baseball right now. Big dongs. Big dongs. There's nothing we like more than big dongs. No. Uh, man, bone bruise. That just sounds so painful. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't. So I close don't even... to that sweet marrow. <laughs> don't, don't dent my marrow, bro. Bro. <laughs> um, the Angels signed Daniel Murphy. You remember Daniel Murphy? We talked about him a few weeks ago. Uh, yeah. To a minor league deal after hitting well with the Long Island Ducks. Uh, so Famous, far, uh, Rocky. Oh man, that that worked out well. Uh, yeah. In thirty-seven seven games with the Long Island Ducks, he hit three thirty-one, four ten, four fifty-one. Um, which honestly, not that surprising to me. He's he's that kind of guy that just like wakes up and can hit a double um, without like warming up or anything. I, you know, the angels are the angels, whatever. Daniel Murphy is 38 years old. I'm really hoping that he makes it to the bigs uh, here relatively soon and contributes just because that is a really fun story. Um, A guy taking a couple of years off, getting out of the Rockies organization and and getting straightened out. So uh, uh, good for him. Yeah, I always liked Daniel Murphy. It it made no sense with the Rockies, but uh, I mean, for a couple of years there, he was a star. Oh, yeah. And you know, hitting a high, high batting average with power. It, it, I mean, I'll never forget that, uh, uh, his run with the Mets through the playoffs and, and just like that insane, uh, I mean, it was really the breakout of his career, right? Like he, everyone had known him before, but that was when he really exploded. Yeah. Um, All right. The draft combine is coming up at Chase Field on Tuesday, June 20th and the 21st. Um, You know, if you're feeling bummed about the Cardinals position, maybe go flip on the draft combine on MLB Network and you can get excited about the future. Um, But kind of cool. I this is anecdotal. I don't remember them broadcasting this on TV before Uh, this. I think this might be the second year, maybe the first. Yeah, I don't remember either. And I follow. The, I I really like to follow the draft. Um, I've ever since they started televising it, uh, and 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 finally highlighting it. Um, yeah, it's been it's been really nice. So, yeah, I don't know. We should have we should have Kyle on again sometime soon to talk about the draft and the, and the Cardinals position and and what we can expect about the uh, from the upcoming draft. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the A's fans organize a reverse boycott. They hold complete silence in the ballpark for an entire at bat around the fifth inning. And then as soon as that at bat is over 27,000 plus people, which is by far their biggest uh, showing uh, in attendance this year by like 20,000 something um, chant, sell the team, sell the team so loud that the players could not hear their pitch com. Um, if you have not seen the video, I highly recommend you go check that out. Um, but shout out to the A's fans. Um, yeah. I think Nate, you, you put this on Twitter the other day, but I think A's fans and St. Louis Rams fans have a lot to, uh, uh, to share as far as our plight. And, uh, I feel it and it sucks and, uh, Fisher sucks and, and, you know, the, the fans are. Yeah. 
I wish yeah, there was I a better know, way to, uh, I wish there was a better way to like protest slash show your support than buying tickets to the game, but yeah. it was really cool. Um, I mean, so I don't think the well, owner I, would actually care or that'll change his opinion or anything like that, but he definitely knows at least 27,000 people hate him. Yeah. Which and I think that's effective. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Yeah, Kroenke maybe. sucks. Uh, Chans are across like multiple sports at this point. And yeah. he just keeps, you know, winning championships and, and being a billionaire. So that was the worst part about the Nuggets winning is that mm-hmm. Kroenke gets another trophy. Um, in somehow even worse news, Trevor Bauer faces another sexual assault allegation. Um, oh, I did my not see God. This. I am so happy. The Cardinals and no one in the MLB signed Trevor Bauer. So, uh, of yeah. course, surprising no one that's come down. Uh, good luck. Good riddance. TTYL. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see this. Uh, yeah, that dude sucks. So have you seen this? Um, have you read about this? <laughs> I know he was also playing poorly uh, in that league and was like ostracized by his teammates over there, too. So uh, maybe this will be the, the final straw to just get him out of out of baseball and hopefully just Boy, out of conversation. Bye. I don't want to yeah, talk about be this nice. guy anymore. I know. I almost didn't put yeah. that on the outline, but I thought, you know, that it, it's, that there was a certain group yeah. of Cardinals fans calling for his hire. And, uh, just like to, to make that point every once in a while. Yeah. Well, on that note, we're going to finish up the episode with another, uh, dumb game. And then I got, a, uh, I'm pretty excited about this. So this game comes exclusively like a hundred percent from someone in our discord. Uh, so this came from famous Mortimer from the discord. Uh, what's up, man? Shout thanks out. for, yeah, thanks for the contribution. Uh, he put together doing Nate's a... job for him. That's, that's <laughs> what you mean by contribution. No, we're <laughs> building a community here. Oh, okay? okay. My bad. And he's a very active part of this community. And I'm very appreciative of that. And an idea had been floated in the discord by him a little while ago. And then he sat down and put it together and we're going to do it today. Uh, ben, this game is called talking about curds. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I have in front of me here a list. Yeah. And on this list is a list of is names. Is this like some Slavic racism? What What is this? Curds as in cheese curds. Oh, okay. Okay. I feel better about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Talking about <laughs> the Kurdish people. Um, <laughs> I don't no. even really know what the Kurdish people are. Yeah. So I'm this is trying to cheese make a bad curds. joke. Okay. Mm-hmm. So talking about curds, I've got a list of names in front of me. All right. Some of them are real baseball players. Some of them are fake and their first name is made up and their last name is a type of cheese. <laughs> Great. So you have to tell me, uh, are they a real person or are they a type of cheese? Yeah. And I, I'm just going to put this out on front street right now. When I go to the cheese aisle, if I'm about to make uh, if I'm about to acquire the accoutrements to make a charcuterie board, I'm I'm looking at goat cheese. Um, I'm looking at a variety <laughs> milk cheese of goat cheese. Um, uh-huh. I'm looking at a hard cheese and a soft cheese, and that's pretty much where my knowledge ends. So this is going to be really yeah. tough. Yeah, that's surprising. I would have assumed you were uh, 
a bit of a cheese boy. Yeah, I mean, I like it. I just don't know a lot about it. You mm-hmm. know, like most things, I, I yeah don't have the capacity to to learn. Well, here we go. So, uh, <laughs> famous Mortimer did a he did some real work here. I've got yeah. name, I've got position, and I've got time that they played. And remember, okay. half of this is real and half of this is fake. Okay. All right, we'll just kick it off. Frankie Abertam, second base, 1992 to 1994. Frankie Abertam. That sounds like a real baseball player to me. Abertam is a traditional sheep's milk cheese made in the famous Czech spa town of Carverly Vary. Oh, my God. It's made by my own people, the people from my native lands. Okay. Mm -hmm. Abertam. Abertam. All right. Uh, Next, we've got Pat Inkaman. Inkenman. Inkenman. Shortstop, 1936. Pat Inkenman, 1930. That also sounds like a real guy. (laughs) Are you? Is that your vote? That's my. That's my vote. He is, in fact, a real guy. Okay. I mean, man is in the name. You got to be a man. If I mean, it's very confusing. (laughs) Everyone knows that's the rule. That's the rule. If man's in your name, you got to be a man (laughs) (laughs) or a human. I don't. I don't. A human. Okay. Not trying to put anything on anybody. Louise Bergader, <laughs> center field, 1976 to 1978. Bergader sounds like a cheese if I've ever heard it before. That's that's <laughs> cheese. Bergader is, in fact, a cheese. Yes. Uh, it is a it is actually a brand of cheeses. Oh. It's a German cheese manufacturing wow. company. Hey, Bergader, if yeah. you're listening, you know, <laughs> send us some free cheese, baby. Hey, we are sponsored by cheese. <laughs> All right. Jeff Burblinger, second base, 1997. Damn it. That also sounds like cheese. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say that's a cheese. No, Jeff Burblinger <laughs> was a real baseball player. All right. <laughs> Burblinger. <laughs> Burblinger. Hey, will you pass me the Burblinger? I'm going to yeah. spread it on this. Uh, Cracker. I like to melt my burblinger. Uh, <laughs> Herb Bramer, catcher. <laughs> Herb Bramer. 1917 Damn. to 1939. Tell you what, either way, he Sorry, sounds 1937 to 1939. That uh, sounds like a delicious, cheesy man. Um, I'm going to say man. He is, in fact, a man. Let's go. All right. You've gotten three of them right so far. All right. Barana Ro- <laughs> Rosso di Capra. Barana Rosso di Capra. Hmm. I think Mortimer is getting tricky on this one. I think that is a cheese. It is a type of cheese. That's right, baby. Bar- like the name Barana Rosa. <laughs> DiCapra <laughs> is awesome. It's, it's like, really good. It's kind of, yeah, I want to do like it's like my next D and D character is Barana yeah. Rosa DiCapra. He sounds hot. Yeah, it's a handsome person, just like all of my characters. 
All right. That's cool. Pedro Bourbon. Pedro Bourbon. Um, you gonna tell me when when he uh, played? Pitcher, nineteen eighty. Wake up, Nathan. One year, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna say that's a guy. That is a guy. <laughs> it should have been it. Guy or Gruyere. That should have been, you know. Oh damn it! Yeah, yeah. You, yeah you I also and, didn't. You get and Morty good. suck at this. Well, that's on me. He <laughs> he gave the content. I needed to add the uh, add the uh, <laughs> like goes with cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I need to add the chips. You suck. Yeah, not my best work. All right, crackers uh, and cheese, not chips. You dumbass. Whatever, nacho cheese. You're the dumbass. <laughs> Chips go with cheese. <laughs> you're wrong. I'm right. Now, now right. you're the dumb one. I was take dumb an one. L. Never take an L. That's right. Also, chips totally go with cheese. You're Next stupid. question, please. Ailsa Craig, Ailsa right Craig. field, 1998. And that sounds like a dude if I've ever heard. Apparently, Craig is a type of cheese. Damn it. Mm hmm. Wow. Ah, uh, it is a, it is another, um, like Craig Creamery. Craig wow. Creamery. Oh, okay. It's, oh, all right. Nice. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, okay. Bishop Kennedy. Bishop Right handed pitcher or uh, relief pitcher, 1904 to 1911. Uh, that sounds like a guy too. Kennedy cheese. I don't want that. It's a cheese. Think not what your cheese can do for. <laughs> <laughs> what you can do for your cheese. <laughs> I don't want that cheese. Think not what you can. Your cheese can dip in you, but rather what you can dip in your cheese. There we go. There we go. Chips. Cut out the rest of that part. Just do it where you nailed it right there. Kennedy family loves chips and cheese. <laughs> the Kennedys all would right. eat chips with their cheese. They would eat chips and cheese. Uh, all right. Last one. Frenchy Bordigare. I mean. Outfielder slash third base, 1937 to 1938. Has to be a cheese. Has to be a cheese. I bet That's my a real guy. It. Damn it. That's, uh, Oh, now you have to now you have to eat cheese until you die. That's fine. Yep. What a way to go. Well, Ben, you did okay. You got half of them right. <sighs> uh, nice work, out. Morty. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the uh talking about curds. If you like this segment, he's offered his services for additional cheese based uh <laughs> segments. Uh so hey, we've Nate, done talking about yeah. Did you know the architect <laughs> Raven? is known for its extraordinary nest building skills. It constructs intricate nests with multiple levels and compartments, complete with hidden entrances to keep eggs and young safe from predators. I'm I'm <laughs> certain you this is AI generated. <laughs> Did you write all these? They're real bird facts. Ah, uh, well, of course. Uh, all right. Well, with that, we're just going to wrap it up. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, remember, TalkingAboutBirds.com, Patreon.com, slash TalkingAboutBirds. Uh, the, hopefully, the current Cardinal game ends well, and we have a good se- couple series coming up. Uh, next week, we're, we're programming might be a little bit different. We've got some traveling coming up, but uh, we'll make sure everyone is aware of what is happening. And, uh, yeah, until the next time we are together, 
Go Cardinals. Okay, thank you. Bye.